You're listening to Sarah Hagen backstage with interviews and insights from years inside the music industry. Join Sarah as she talks with masters of their crafts, finding out what makes them tick both inside and outside of the music business. This week, Sarah talks with Nikki Glassby. Welcome to Sarah Hagen backstage. I am so excited to catch up with my guest today, Nikki Glassby. She is a Berklee College of Music graduate, and she was one of the original Beyonce all-female band members. She is doing a ton of projects right now, so we are going to catch up on all of the things that she has going on, as well as her really important work with the Harold Robinson Foundation and a bunch of other topics. So come along with me as I catch up with Nikki Glassby. Nikki Glassby, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. And it's so good to see you. Yeah, good to see you too. I mean, you know. In, yeah, on the screen. I always say this is how people see each other nowadays, right? It is, unfortunately. <laughs> but but you have been up to so much lately. And, and actually... Um, you know, I know we talked back in, I want to say January, you actually had some live gigs. So you've been out there. Yeah, yeah, I have been. I mean, I'm in Austin, so we have a lot of outdoor venues, you know, and the weather's always great. So been able to do some playing. Absolutely. And um, also, you know, with the bands that you're in, with the funk music, and a lot of it is uh, festival, you know, you're you you do play a lot of festivals, so that kind of lends itself to a lot of that outdoor yeah, um, playing as well. It does, and I'm grateful for that. <laughs> for sure. And we were just chatting before we came on about the different projects that you have going on. You have like three different bands moving and touring right now. Can you give us an idea about all of that? Yeah, so it's like I, I have three different bands personally, but then I'm also kind of freelancing with other bands, um, which I really love. I love freelancing uh, because I get to play different music, you know, with different people, all, all sorts of music, all different styles. And um, it's actually been coming at me pretty quick, which is awesome. But like last week, I played with Robert Randolph, which was just like a one-off. It was like real quick. He's like, "Yo, I need you to come to DC," and I was like, "Great," because I'm at the house, <laughs> you know, so I can go. Um, and uh, yeah, I've been. I just started a new band, essentially like a new project, which kind of came out of COVID, basically uh, called Kamani. Um, and it's Kat Dyson and Xavier Taplin and Matt Lapham. And, you know, because of our schedules and we all have other bands, uh, there's two other people that play in the band as well. Sean Martin, an amazing keyboardist, and Nigel Hall as well. Wow. So it's really cool. I'm loving the project because it is... Uh, it's kind of like a rotating cast, but it's like you never know what you're going to get, but you know that it's going to be funky, like either Absolutely. way, you know. But the cool thing about it being rotating is that 
uh, we play, you know, different songs. You mm -hmm. know, we play different songs when Nigel is there or Sean is there or when Spud's there and Xavier. So that's what I love about the band. It's like versatile. And when people see it, it's like they never really see the same thing twice. You know, it's mm -hmm. exciting and fresh, you know. So other than that, and I also have the Nth Power, obviously, that's like been my baby since 2013. You know, uh, we're actually getting ready to drop an album and we're going out on the road in September. We're, we're, we're planning to be out for four months, you know. <laughs> yes. Uh, fingers crossed. Right? Fingers crossed. Fingers yes. crossed. Like we'll be out there bringing music to the people, you know, and then I also have Nikki Glassby and the homies, uh, which is pretty much uh, it's a stationary band right now. I mean, I've done it in New Orleans, but it really kind of lives in L.A., you know. Yes. And uh, I was doing the residency like once a month at the Mint. And we were able to do one last month, which was incredible, you know, because like we hadn't played in, you know, a year and some change, yeah. you know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but but like I said, you know, just because of COVID, like I've actually – uh, started playing more with Mike Dillon, mm -hmm. uh, he's a percussionist and drummer. Uh, incredible musician. He's like one of my favorite musicians. And we have a trio now. It's called Punkadelic. Mm -hmm. And it's me, him, and, and Brian Haas, who is also like one of my really great close friends uh, that's an accomplished pianist and composer. And we also have another band with uh, Helen Jalay, who plays cello. And that band is called Tefra Sound. And that band is one of my favorite bands that I play with because it's all, it's all improvisational. Like, we mm -hmm. try to compose on the spot, you know. Wow. And people are like, that wasn't a song. We're <laughs> like, no, we're, like, kind of writing it as we go you know that's very cool yeah it's it's so much fun and people honestly they can't believe it they're like we have we definitely have a special connection like i can look at helen and kind of know like where she's going you mm -hmm. know and the same with brian uh but i mean once you like start playing with musicians and really um you know kind of learn their style it's kind of, it's, it just goes hand in hand. It's like, okay, I kind of know where, where you're going with this, you know? Right, right. And even if they're not going that way, that's kind of the cool thing about the band is that we're very quick. We have a very quick reaction time, mm -hmm. you know? So literally within a half a beat, we have decided, the three of us have decided, okay, we're going to go here, you know? Mm -hmm. That's so, fantastic. Oh, it's so much fun. I can't wait for people to see it. Uh, we've released a record like in 2016 and it's called Horizon. And we just recorded a new album over the course of uh, maybe like four months uh, because Helen and Brian, they both uh, live in New Orleans and I'm mm -hmm. not that far. I'm like down the street, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I go over there and uh, we've been playing some gigs around town there. Um, so That's yeah, so I mean, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of music 
happening right now. Um, I'm playing a lot of different types of music and this is keeping me sharp. Like I love it. I love like playing blues one minute and then playing rock and roll the next and then mm -hmm. jazz and then funk. Like, you know, I, I love that too. I mean, I just always know that when I call you and in the past, of course, things have been different over the past <laughs> year and a half, but in the past, when I called you, I would, I would say, where are, where are you? Where, where yeah. in the world are you? Right? Like yeah. not only where in the world are you, but what are you doing now? Like, who are you playing with right now? Because mm -hmm. you do have such an incredible like breadth of, of, um, you know, genres that you play with and your, your style varies so much. And it's amazing. You're always doing something new and different. Um, always doing something that kind of like surprises me when I hear it or when I see you. Uh, <laughs> sometimes you're sometimes you're singing while you play, which is like amazing to me when I see that because um, you know drumming so rhythmic and then the vocals um, are just like a whole different animal. So I love I love it when drummers sing. Yeah, um, it's just it's I mean amazing. some of my favorite singers were drummers mm -hmm. you know and a lot of people don't really know that like marvin gay was a drummer you know right and right like Stevie wonder singers of all yeah stevie yeah. wonder lenny kravitz yeah like i mean there's like there's a list of you know singing drummers mm -hmm. so i think it, it kind of goes hand in hand even though people don't really associate singing with drumming you know mm -hmm. but kind of does yeah well and and also when i see drummers like you who really have like um a beautiful way of playing around the kit that's very melodic you know when i see you solo it's very melodic too and to me that's like it's the same it's like the the melody that's coming out it's almost like you're singing through the drums you can hear someone play and they're like really kind of strictly ry rhythmic and then you can hear someone play drums really melodically and um that's how I that's how I see you play. Nice. For sure. Yeah. So you have so much you, you have so much going on. I do want to talk a little bit about the nth power um, because you refer to that as like your baby and your passion project. Um, and yeah. yeah. And so I just think like when I when I hear the nth power, I just see so much of you in it. And like, you know, some of the lyrics are really powerful and and the songs I'm thinking about um, the song to purchase the truth um, in particular, of course, with everything we were just talking about, yeah. you know, the the media and everything we hear and the things that we that we aren't sure of what to believe about and all of that. And I just feel like that's it's a really like poignant song. Yeah, it is. And when we wrote it, it was, mm -hmm. you know, so it's kind of, it's one of those things like, okay, you know, when you're, when your grandparents were kids, you know, their parents were like, oh man, the world is messed up. You know, like this mm -hmm. is terrible and you kids are just, you're crazy. You're, you know, you're doing all these things. And then like you go to the next generation and it's like worse in the next right. generation and it's worse, but really it's kind of like the same thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It's like we're in this generation now and we're like, oh my God, the world's on fire. Mm -hmm. like, 
guess what? The world was on fire a hundred years ago. Right. In different and it was on ways, fire two hundred right? years ago. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. If you look at history, like, okay, what year is it right now? It's uh, 2021, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, 100 years ago, what was happening? World War One. It's like you got to put it in perspective, you know? Mm-hmm. The whole world was at war, like, 100 years ago. And then, like, 20-something years after that, the whole wor- world was at war again, mm-hmm. you know? And we had to deal with the Spanish flu. And we had to deal with polio. We had right. to deal with like all these things, you know, over the course of time. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like this is another one of those things. It's another, um, you know, thing that we have to deal with as humans. Sure. Like, you know, we just haven't seen it in our lifetime. Right, right, like, exactly. But, you know, our grandparents and great grandparents dealt with this previous to us, you know, and we're here and it's just like, it keeps going, you know, but with in, inside of that, you know, the nth power tries to, I mean, our whole goal is to show other people more compassion, show other mm-hmm. people more love, mm-hmm. you know, because we do believe that love is the key, you know, to, fixing some things obviously like not everything but Mm -hmm. if we show love towards the earth you know it's kind of like it's a you you have to give it to to everything you Mm -hmm. know it's not just people you know like we live on this earth and we need to respect it and it's like we just suck it dry for (laughs) all its resources you know right Uh, but it's really just kind of like a point of view you know, and truth is like, it's that song, you know, that could have been written 50 years ago, 100 years ago, 200 years ago. Like, it's still like, it's going to ring true in the next 100 years. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah, it's it's relevant. It's so relevant. Yeah, yes. it's relevant. So, I mean, and it's interesting that, yeah, it would, we wrote it a couple years ago, but like, it's we performed it the other day at a uh, peach fest. And as Nick was like singing the song, I could see him, I could see his brain <laughs> like realizing the words, you know, processing were coming it. out. Yeah. Like processing yeah. it, even though like we wrote it, it's just like, man, this is exactly what's happening right now. Absolutely. You yeah. Know? So, yeah. I think that what makes it um, for right now, we, where you said, you know, we we all think the world's on fire, you know, and and I think that the the information that's coming at us from all around the world and it's coming at lightning speed, you know, we're instantly aware of everything going on all over the world. I think that kind of contributes to it. Whereas back in the day, you may have only had the information like relative yeah, to your carrier pigeons area. You know? yes. <laughs> like, yes. It would take, you know, 12 months to get a letter or something. Yeah. Like and then you'd be like, oh yeah, that already ended. That ended. You know? That ended. It's over. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. absolutely. I, like technology definitely has a, a major hand, you know, mm-hmm. in the uh, impending doom. Right, right. You know, yes. it's like every day, you know, yeah. which is, you know, I'll say this publicly, 
Um, I probably stopped watching the news maybe what year is it? Maybe like 12 or 13 years ago Mm -hmm. because it was affecting my mental health. Sure. Every time I turned on the news, someone was shot. Someone was bombed. A country was bombed. You know, there was famine. There was just like, it was just a constant onslaught of terrible negativity. Take that. Like, I can't, you know, yeah, Um, because like I feel for people, you know, and I I have to, you know, I think that we as humans, we have to control like the intake, Mm -hmm. you know, because it will, it will eventually change you, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, there is a thing such as, you know, desensitization, you know what I mean? Like people are becoming desensitized from seeing murder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, ha- like in real time, you know, and that's just, it's unconceivable. I mean, I, when I was a kid, you know, I can't imagine being six years old, having one of these. Right. Yes. Right. Ha- having, yeah. Having access to an iPhone, like you just held up or um, video games and all of that. I know it's like a, it's a whole, it's a whole other topic, but it's so true that there's like this reality that kids are living that they nowadays that they think is reality and it's, and it's not right. Um, and I just, if we think about back to when we were kids and what video games looked like and all the pixelated, you know, images and, and how far they've come and it looks real. Like sometimes I'll see a commercial for a video game on television and I'll think it's a movie. Cause it's so, it's so, it's so real in real. life. Yeah. You know? And yeah. yeah, there, I mean, obviously like we could talk about this forever, you know, just the types of uh, imagery that kids mm. see these days and, mm-hmm. and their intake and how it shapes them uh, developmentally, mm-hmm. which is a big thing. You know, um, you're not supposed to, see certain things or hear certain things or, you know, if your brain can't really like comprehend like what's happening, you know, right, right. and our brains are only wired for two things, you know, it's like fight or flight, mm-hmm. you know? So like the way that we process information is like, it's either like a date, it's either like a danger or not. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, it's just one or two things, you know, right. it's an instinctual thing that like keeps us alive. But it's like a lot of people don't understand that that is like how the brain works. And the more that you have that, the more that your filter is just kind of, you know, skewed, right? Yeah, yeah. Skewed. I, I, I agree. Absolutely. I agree. You know, yeah. but with all that being said, <laughs> you know, it's like there's a there there is hope, you know, with the way that we can um give information to people or how quickly it mm-hmm. can be said. You know, there's a, a absolutely positive ways mm-hmm. that it can be used and I try to use it in, in that positive way. I love that. And that's why I brought it up because I really love that you're making music that's impactful like that, you know, not only really great music, but, um, but it's meaningful, it's purposeful. And, you know, that 
band in particular spreading love and that message that yes, it is, that is what's going to change things. The, the love of other humans, the love of the earth, making a difference, giving back all of that. Um, I think yeah, I mean, it will kind of ensure that like we're here a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know? please. <laughs> I mean, that's, that. that's like kind of the goal, right. Yeah. Is, uh, to be here a little bit longer, I guess. I, mm -hmm. I don't really know, to be honest. <laughs> I, you know, it's like sometimes I'm like, man, when I think about like 2098 or whatever, I'm like, I hope I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't really want to be here to see that. But uh, yeah, but you know what? While we're here, right? While, while you're here, here, let's be, let's make a positive impact for yeah. those who are around in 2098. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, we want to like leave them clean water, mm -hmm. you know, so like they can survive. We don't want to, you know, tap this thing until it's dry. So then, yeah, the future can't go on and won't, you know, won't exist. So I think that a lot of people um, should start thinking, you know, or gear their thinking towards thinking about tomorrow or the future. You know, just trying mm -hmm. to make sure that we preserve certain things for the future, you know, yeah. which is honestly like that's why Kamani exists mm. because we are like we're purists in the funk, you know, like we're funketeers. And I want to preserve that, you know, as long as possible. Mm -hmm. I want that to like live on and, and go to the next generation, you know, because you know, I was, I was not alive. I mean, I was born in 83, you know, there was a mm -hmm. lot of great music that happened like the year I was born, but there was a lot of great music that happened, you know, way before I was born, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And it's almost like, I kind of like, I want funk to live on like the way that classical music lives on, you know, like there were yeah. no recordings of classical music of certain pieces you know before recording technology but the tradition lived on through musicians you know mm -hmm. through sheet music what have you you know orchestras that like would play this music and they would teach it you know to the to the next guy to the kid that was sitting next to them and then they took it and preserved it and then mm -hmm. pass it on, you know? And it's like, I, I definitely feel like, uh, I mean, I know for sure, like there's a lot of funky people out there because I've played with them. <laughs> See? Yes. But it's kind of like one of those genres of music that just doesn't get um, like recognized the way that it should. Absolutely. In my opinion. Like yeah. if you go on iTunes, for instance, if you ever try to release a song on iTunes or Spotify or like whatever, funk is not a category. That's crazy. That's insane. Yeah, right? that is. Uh, there is no funk category for the Grammys. You right. know, it's like things like that. It's like, why isn't funk um, respected as a sure. genre of music? You know, it has inspired. There's so many different genres that have come out of funk. Absolutely. You know, there's there's dance. 
well, EDM, disco, mm-hmm. hip hop. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so much that has like come out of it. Why isn't it a mainstay? Yeah, and how does how does that how do we change that? How does that get changed? I mean, you're obviously working at that from yeah. everything that you're doing, which is amazing. And also you're inspiring the next generation of funk players. So that's just that's fantastic. But like, yeah, how does that get changed on Spotify or on the Grammys? I don't know. That's no idea. I'm gonna you make know, a note. It's it but I mean it's it's crazy to think, you know, uh I was in a band called Dumpster Funk. Mm-hmm. The name of the band is Funk. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Dumpster Funk. It's a funk band. Yes, you know. But when we released our album, we had to find a category that it fit in. Yeah, that's and weird. like it was like blues. Mm. Like funk is not blues. You yeah. know what I mean? Like. That is very strange. I, I, yeah, I'm going to make a note to look into that because that, that's just, that seems wrong. It is wrong. wrong. Yeah. It is wrong. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, it is a category of its own. It doesn't doesn't make any sense. And if you're looking for that kind of music, you should be able to find it. Right. Yeah. You should be able to find it. You should be able to search by funk. Um, Yeah. That is, that is very strange. I don't know. But we're gonna we're gonna research this. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I love, I do really love though all that you're doing to to push it forward. And like I said, inspire the next generation. And and I can remember when um I first met you years and years and years back. Um and you were kind of starting out on this journey because you were I think still a student at Berkeley when we first met. Yeah. Yes, um, I was. at Berkeley oh, yeah. College in Boston, and you were playing all the time at Wally's, and yeah. um, you know, really like I. One of the things that struck me about you way back then was that you always took like every opportunity to play. You know, whatever opportunity that you could find to play, you were all you were always busy, even back in the college days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that to me is like the key i mean it was a key for me mm-hmm. you know like it didn't matter what genre i mean like my first like paying gig outside of church was blues mm-hmm. you know and jose ramos called me up and he's like hey you know how to play any blues and i was <laughs> like no but i'll learn you yeah. know what I'm saying? like you got money you want to pay me <laughs> to play drums like i will learn you know and mm-hmm. i just like took a uh, took a dive into bb king like immediately because that was like the only name that i knew you yeah know? And, and i was like all right let me just listen to all the bb king that i can right now and then go play this gig you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and, that's fantastic yeah but but that has allowed me to be able to work mm-hmm. you know being versatile you know yeah. being able to play this style, that style, whatever, um, has, you know, basically just, you know, paid for my life. <laughs> yeah, for you know? sure. That's what yeah. I always tell young musicians is never like turn down an opportunity really to play. I mean, unless it's, you know, crazy. I mean, you have to make that decision for yourself. Like you're not gonna hop in a van 
for 50 bucks, you know, and drive 2000 miles like that, that does not work. But mm-hmm. as far as, you know, this side of what you would consider yourself, you know, knowledge in, or, you know, it's just like an opportunity to learn. And, and that's the thing that I've found out by doing that is that everything is like so closely related, you know? Yeah. Um, like if you like metal and funk, you know, I always use this one because people are like, what? <laughs> and it's all about tone. You know, if you were to take all the distortion off of Mashuga, they would be like the funkiest band. Mm. <laughs> I can understand. Yes. It's like, you know, instead of distortion, it's like a clean guitar, mm-hmm. you know, and the drums too, instead of like having a huge, you know, sound like the drums are tight, you yes. know, and it's like, if you kind of listen to, it's all different genres of music. Like you can hear that. Mm-hmm. And something I saw the other day, uh, people were sending it to me because they know how much I love Dave Grohl and Pharrell, but they were having a conversation mm-hmm. together and Dave Grohl tells Pharrell, yeah, I was just trying to play like gap band. Yeah. Like, wow. And it's like, yeah, you listen to the fills that he's playing with Nirvana. Yeah. It's the tone of the drums. He's going slap and chop and chop. And yes. Chop. You know, that's what the gap band was doing. But the, you know, the drums just sound totally different. So people are like, what? You know, it's a completely Absolutely. different genre or style of music. It's like, no, it's the same thing. <laughs> Yeah, essentially at the core, right? I I saw that clip too and loved it. I was Mm -hmm. like, yes, I hear it. Now I hear it. I Mm -hmm. didn't, you know, I would never have picked up on it Um, just because, you know, you just, you never know what's in someone's head when they're coming up with a part. But after he said that, I was like, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Totally. So good. And yeah, I just yeah. So you were you were at Berkeley and you were like playing with any genre, any opportunity. Um, and back then, I was just like, you know, this this drummer is so good. And I just you know, I thought you were just so fantastic as a person, anyway. Um, that I was so excited with the whole Beyonce thing. Oh yeah, uh, you know. And I was, and this was, um, my goodness, this was like early 2000s mid 2000s 2006 2006 okay and the fact that she was putting together like an all-female band and she's continued with that you know having this this band of just phenomenal female musicians um Mm -hmm. but when i heard that you were in that the first you know all-female Beyonce band, I was just like, yes, like Mm -hmm. this is perfect. (laughs) It was just so good. And I know you've talked about it before, just how that like kind of like changed your perspective on touring and taught you a lot, which, which I just Oh yeah. It, it taught me so much, but it changed my perspective like on life. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that like traveling is, one of the most important things that anyone can do mm-hmm. because of, you know, like we were talking about before, like the media and the things that you see and like what comes at you, 
it's like you don't know if this is real or not or whatever right. you know and like traveling really just puts it all in perspective you know i saw all kinds of things like i saw horrific things i saw beautiful things you know it's like you see all the things in between mm -hmm. and you know i came to the realization or like my summary thereof is that everyone is just trying to do the same thing like yes. all over the world in general yes. yes there are people that are trying to do other sinister things but 99 percent of the planet is trying to eat shelter and live like that's basically it mm -hmm. i agree <laughs> i yeah, yeah. And it's like you travel the world, you see that. It's like, okay, it might look a little different from like how you live, mm -hmm. but that's just, you know, culture. Yes. Yes. And <laughs> I, I think all that is. I think yeah. just seeing seeing how different and the same everyone is around the world, I think it it changes your your perspective on your life and your and your place in the world, maybe. Right. Absolutely. So I think it is incredibly important to travel, to experience other cultures and foods and places and traditions and all of that, because it does change you as a person. And I think change you for the better, um, having a different perspective on all of that. Um, and then also it affects, I, I know I've talked to so many musicians about this, but it affects your music and how you approach it and um, what comes out and the creativity and all of that, because you get this inspiration from all of those things that you saw, good and bad, right? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I saw like extreme poverty, mm -hmm. you know, like people living in a ditch with a tarp and a stick, mm -hmm. you know, and also people that didn't have anything, but would offer me what they had. Right. You know, so just like connecting with people in that way and like seeing that type of um, like love, that type of love just for someone that they don't know, love and respect, mm. you know? They're like, hey, you wanna come to my house, like have some coffee? Like I have two cups, but like I will give yes. you you know what yeah, I mean? It's like, absolutely. Um, I'm like, I should be giving you something, mm. you know? But yeah, the the world is, it's amazing. It's scary and daunting and beautiful, magical. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. it, it's all the things. You, you, it's all the things like, and, and, gives you like like you said like a full range of you know emotion though to be inspired by to write and to give to people mm -hmm. yes and i this kind of brings me to um a quote that i saw on your on your website which i love and it's like it's like a quote that's very prominent on your site and it is being a musician is not only something that you do, it's something that you are. And I feel like that just encompasses everything. It's like you, you 
just are a musician and all of our friends who are musicians, it's like, there's no, there's no choice. It's not something that you do. It's not a job. It is your job, but it's not a job. It is, it's, but it's, it's not what a you job. are. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because if it was a job, I'd be making, you know, two cents an hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like I've, I've dedicated like my entire life to music. Yeah. You know, the journey and the creation and the disappointment and the triumph and, you know. Yeah. And yeah, it's we we did not choose this. Yeah, it, it chooses you, right? Um, yeah. And that's why, you know, it's very interesting that musicians are musicians. In the sense of this, musicians are kind of like this part of society that's very interesting. It's like we are probably the most uh, well-informed and equipped to make decisions, mm. to make very important decisions because we've seen it all and like we're the we're the perfect like sociologists. Yes. So, sociologists, psychologists, like mm -hmm. you know, because we've come across so many people and have met so many people constantly. Mm -hmm. You know, I probably met like 30 new people last night mm -hmm. alone. You know, it's like we actually are the ones that could like really do some great in the world if we were placed in leadership positions. Mm, mm -hmm. I like truly believe that. Mm -hmm. Just because like the things that we learn like are not, they like can't be taught necessarily. Very it's just true. like something that like you have to experience, you know? It's like you have all these world leaders mm. that like don't know anything about the world. Sure, yes. Yeah, and, and musicians are kind of perfectly, uh, suited for for that because you are we're all people you know oriented right like you just said you met 30 new people last night i feel like i feel well now that we're you know we've been in isolation for so long it's a little different but but yeah. getting back there right where we but but we encounter different people every different kind of person that you could imagine with every different kind of life story and um, you know, issue or happy thing that's happened and you share all of that. And I think, I think it makes you uniquely qualified to understand what people need, you know, in, in general and, and individually, even if you're exactly. not that person, you understand where they're coming from. And I think, um, yeah, that's an amazing perspective. But that's irony because like we are musicians and we are equipped to do that. So that's exactly what we're doing. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know what I mean? Like telling the story. You're telling yeah. exactly what yeah. we're doing. But, you know, I would love to, you know, see a cabinet full of musicians. Mm. I would love to see the day, you know, <laughs> like, but yeah. I mean, 
not just musicians, artists, artists in general. Mm-hmm. You know, painters, sculptors, writers, thinkers. You know, like yes, we're all equipped mm-hmm. to to do it. You know, so yes, and if and and I think then you know there would be. Um, more programs for the fostering of that in the future, because I think that's just so incredibly important. Um, so many of us cite, you know, school programs, school music programs or art or, you know, those things that inspired us to kind of like go into a line of, of work. <laughs> that's not, you yeah. know, that's not, it's not a, um, it's not something that you can just, go to school for necessarily. Of course, there's music school um, and there are other things, but it, but you kind of go to like the school of life and, and the school yeah. of experience and- Life um, university. You know, yes, exactly. And then what makes you successful in the end is is your tenacity and your willingness to just keep, keep pushing forward. Um, but I think that those are things that maybe aren't, um, aren't the, the, the emphasis isn't put on those things by by people who maybe value different things. And so I agree with you. It would be so great if there were more musicians and other creative people in those positions of decision making and um, hope hope for that for the future, for sure. Yeah, I will. I will definitely hope for that for the future. Yeah. Like I thought about like during this whole quarantine, like I thought about running for office, you know, just for like city council. Or yeah. something like that, you know, just like in my community, uh, yeah. because like that's where it starts, mm-hmm. you know, and then it just kind of gets, you know, yeah, growth all from the there. decisions, the decisions that are made in at city council, like directly affect you, you know, in your county or like wherever you live. So I was like, maybe I should start in my community because mm. that's the only way that you you know can go can work outward yes you know? yes yeah you start, absolutely start right here inside but that's a lot of work yeah well and and for someone <laughs> like you who has a lot of projects going on all yeah. the time and a lot of travel no, I mean, it's I a full-time job yeah it's absolutely. a full-time job yeah and that would be a job yes you know Yes. Like that that is a job. It's it's not like necessarily something that I want, but I, like I see a need for it. Mm-hmm. You know? I, yeah, I agree. But I agree. I always think like like late, later on in in my life maybe there there's a, a place for um for that kind of thing, like more volunteering or running for a council or something like that. Um but I would love I would vote for you, Nikki. <laughs> for you thank you <laughs> thank you i may need that vote you know <laughs> you got it in, in the future yeah it's there um but but you do you give back in so many ways i just want to point this out because you do you teach and um you volunteer with kids i remember you uh doing the camps with the kids and yep. and so yeah i definitely need to point that out and i'm you know, that's, that's just something that you've done ongoing. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like, again, it's like a responsibility, you know, like, uh, somebody, somebody helped me out 
somebody was like, hey, why don't you come over here and do this? Mm-hmm. You know? It's like we 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 need to do that, too. Yes. Especially since, you know, funding is getting cut to music programs and whatnot. It's like that's when we're needed most. Because honestly, I do not know what I would be or where I would be if there weren't there wasn't music in schools. Mm-hmm. Like if I didn't have band in elementary, middle, and high school. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. Yeah, you I'm know? right there with you. Right there with you, a hundred percent. Like that's um, all I did. That mm-hmm. is all I did. <laughs> was yes. play music. <laughs> that's you know the entire thing time I went to school. Yeah. So it's like you think about these kids that are going to school and there's no music and there's no art. Mm-hmm. It's that is terrifying. It is. It is that is that is terrifying. And and I agree with you absolutely. And I know there's, you know, there are a lot of organizations that um go to Washington and petition and you know are are out there um pushing to keep music in schools. I do think it's so incredibly important. And then essential. Yeah. I mean, it's just like physical education. Right. You know, like you have to have phys ed. Yes. You know, and you have to have music. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Yeah. And art. <laughs> I just like, I don't really understand. It just, every time I hear it, I'm like, no way. Like, I what know. are they doing? And they're taking the money and doing what with it? No, I know. Like, I don't understand. I'm like, you're already not paying these teachers. Right. Already. They're not getting paid. Mm-hmm. So what are you taking that little bit of money that's over there for? What are you, what are you doing with it? Right. And I, I, I see so much benefit in all of those things. Like it's not, they're not like extra. They go hand in hand with learning English and history and all of that because they use a different part of your brain and you want kids to think, you know, they want, you want kids to think freely and think creatively yep. Um, yep. Because it doesn't really matter where you end up in life. You could you could become a musician. You could become an accountant. But there, ha- you want to use that part yeah. of your brain because there's also, I think, a part of that experience where it teaches you, you know, not only creativity but how to um, gain joy out of that, out out of music and art, and enjoy it um, from other people too, even if you're not creating it yourself. So yeah. It's a, it's an outlet. Absolutely. Know? And they're still there. I know. So I have lots of friends that are not music. Like they just have a piano in their house. They have a guitar. Mm-hmm. And yes, they're an accountant. They, you know, live in spreadsheets all day long. They come home and they play the guitar. Yeah. And that's and their joy, therapy. right? Yeah, yeah. It's joy. It's therapy. It's like all the things. Mm-hmm. We, yeah. we definitely we did, de- but that's the other thing too is that there's been so many studies that that proves this, you know, that proves that um, music is essential and it's wonderful for a child's brain development. You mm-hmm. know, it connects synapses and throughways and things like we know that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> there's it's like, it's, 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 it's like. 
it's proven. Like, why are yeah. you guys trying to take it away? Yeah, don't take it away. Okay, so we need we need to get the funk category added, right? Yeah. We need to get school music in schools. We have a lot of work ahead of us here. Yeah, we got a lot of we'll work ahead of solve, us. We'll solve all the problems, though. Yeah, we, we need people it. drinking clean water, too. Yeah, that, too. Yes. You yes. know, I mean, yeah. the stuff that's in, like, most people's tap water mm -hmm. is disgraceful. Right. Yeah. So actually, I'm just going to do a plug right now. I found this company in California. They're called Clearly Filtered. And they have filtration systems. You can get it like under the sink or like for whatever. You can get a pitcher. Mm -hmm. Like I just use a pitcher, you know. And I also have a water bottle that has a filter inside of it. So I can get water anywhere and it will filter out pharmaceuticals it filters out metals and like all the dangerous things that we should not ingest, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, from our water. Absolutely. So clearly filtered. That's the clearly company. filtered. Okay. I'll put a link yes. in the uh, YouTube description because that's amazing. And I agree. If you read some of the, the water reports from, um, you know, water testing, it's really frightening. And I, it's frightening and nobody's really like talking about it. Right. Which is also a thing, you know, yeah. it's like we, we have to talk about these things, the things that are wrong that we see that are wrong and, you know, bring it to light mm -hmm. and, and try and do something about it, you know? And I personally like have felt the benefits of it. Like I didn't even, you know, it's like, one of those things where you're drinking water and you don't even know like it's dirty mm -hmm. and, it, and it's killing you. You know, yeah. it's like a couple years ago when they were like, you know what? Plastic bottles are not great for water. You know, like you could get right. cancer from drinking water out of plastic bottles. Like, are right. you me? Yes. <laughs> I know, yeah. right? And you so, would never, you would never have, it wasn't something that anyone thought of. And then all yeah. of a sudden it's discovered like, oh, that causes cancer. Um, but, but you mentioned the pharmaceuticals too. And that is frightening because they do say that there's like every kind of pharmaceutical is, is in the water that is, you know, that's recycled yeah. for, for drinking. And, and, it's, and how does that affect our children? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not, it's not comforting. <laughs> you know? And so, like I was saying, I've personally felt the benefits of like drinking clean water, mm -hmm. you know, which is just something that people don't really think about. They get like a Brita or like whatever. And they're like, oh yeah, that's good enough. It's kind of doing the thing. It, the water tastes better, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. But if you really research like what is in your water, like what is coming out of your faucet, mm -hmm. you know, and how much of that you drink, you know, and over time, mm -hmm. what problems it can cause. Right. So like my, my body, like my, in myself, in my physical body, I felt the difference. Mm-hmm like drinking clean water. I'm like, well, I've never felt this great in my life, you know? So yeah. uh, it's, 
it's incredible. Like even after, like after like two months, mm-hmm. I was like, wow, like my skin's better. Yeah. Growing fat. You know what I mean? Just like yeah. things that you wouldn't. So clearly filtered. They also have shower head filters, which is important because when you take a shower, mm-hmm. or you take a bath, you're fully immersing yourself. All your pores you know right I know I know and it's it's like it's frightening to think about I I think I've heard of them before they have like a whole house filter or something too right like a yeah they have a they have a house uh filter system too mm -hmm. yeah but But, I mean there's there's a there's a couple of companies out there mm -hmm. you know but this one I just know firsthand because like I use their yes that it works yeah, and do you take that the filtering water bottle? Do you take that on the road with you as well? Mm-hmm. That's great. And you can yeah, get like replacement filters and stuff. Yep, you get replacement filters. Like a filter will last me for like two hundred gallons. That's great. You know, and then I just get a replacement filter. But just that alone, like I save so much money mm-hmm. in the airport or like wherever I go because you need water to live. You yeah. Know? Yeah, exactly. This yeah. is like one of those things you need to live. So <laughs> That's um, a good tip though. That's really a really good road tip too because, you know, you just never know where you're going to be and what that water is going to be like. Yeah, so Yeah, and also, you know, I'm not making waste mm-hmm. every day even if it's glass that is supposedly recyclable. You know what I mean? Like even if it's yeah. something that can be recycled, like I'm not making waste because eventually like you can only recycle things so many times mm-hmm. until they end up in a landfill. Yes, exactly. And you I know? feel like, I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like every time I make a choice to do something that's better for the environment, I feel good about it. Like I, yeah. I'm just like, Oh good. I don't, you know, I switch from sandwich bags to the reusable, you know, like sandwich pouches that yeah. you can wash and reuse. Exactly. And I'm just to like the mesh pouches. Yeah, yes. I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. It's like yeah. every time I walk in the grocery store with my bag. With the, yeah, yeah, with the mesh pouches. I love the I love <laughs> the mesh pouches. Yeah, for, right. for fruit and vegetables, those little pouches are awesome. And then you can just wash them right in the bag. So it's perfect. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of people don't realize like how much trash they produce in a day mm-hmm. and then for a traveling musician obviously yeah. it's like it's a lot more you know because like i'm not at home so yeah. i have to buy food i have to you know get things that are wrapped in plastic or whatever you know yes. that was a good uh uh exercise actually uh my friend had a college professor that challenged the class to uh not buy plastic for the entire week wow so if if you know like when they went to the grocery store they had to buy products that had no plastic wrapping Mm -hmm. it was like virtually impossible yeah (laughs) i mean you think even like some salads you know like everything yeah everything if it's not glass like you can't buy bread or crackers or rice or you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Yeah. Or or <laughs> even you think about like medicine or mm-hmm. you know, things yeah. like that. It's 
it is pretty hard. And I, I have seen, um, you know, examples of people who live like pretty much waste free and it's incredibly interesting and I, and, and incredibly time consuming to, yes, to do it's that. It's very time consuming. Yeah. It's becoming easier with the products. Like we mentioned with the mesh bags and the sandwich pouches and things like that. Um, there are products out there now that make it a little easier, but hopefully moving into the future, things get, you know, a little bit more mainstream with that. Um, you know, yeah, because I mean, we we definitely, I mean, we have a, you know, an ecological problem, mm -hmm. and we have like it's 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 we're in dire straits. Yes, you know, like we have to do something. Yes, yes. When the when the richest people in the world are finding out how to shoot themselves up into outer space to escape the earth for the future, you know, like that's a sign there. Maybe we need to, we need yeah, to. Yeah, I mean, that's too. pretty much what it is because the eventually like populate space, mm -hmm. you know, but it's like, how can you do that when you don't know what's out there? I know. I know. I feel like we could do a whole nother episode on like space travel in the future because um, it's like fascinating to me. Um, always thought about being an astronaut when I was a kid. And I just think about like, what is out there, but yeah, it's um, fascinating. It is. It is fascinating. But I'm actually I'm said we need to take care of what we have here because yeah. we don't know what's out there. No. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know, even if we, if we just go, I don't even know how many miles it is. I don't know how many miles it is, but like maybe, uh, I think it's a couple hundred, like maybe like 600 miles or something. I think it is. It's around that number. If you just go like 600 miles, like straight up in the air. Right. You know, like then we can't breathe. I mean, you know, that's when the, right. the gravity, you know, G-force changes. Yeah. So it's like, we can't even deal with that. <laughs> I know. So I know. I, yeah. You're thinking about like light years away. No, scary. <laughs> it's over. Like, we got to think about this year because yes. this was the rock that we were given. Exactly. So. We'll we'll try to change what we can change where we're at. Right for now, we'll try to make the changes that we can that we can make and yeah. and affect the future. And um, I think you're doing a great job at that with the music that you're making and the kids that you're inspiring and. And the kids that you're working with too. Um, uh, and speaking of which, if someone did want to um, reach out to you about lessons, I know you're really busy right now, but are you still yeah. are you still doing lessons? Yeah, I still Skype lesson or whatever Zoom mm -hmm. every once in a while. You know, okay, um, it is a lot less now because I'm on the road, but sometimes I can squeeze them in there. Awesome. And and people can find your tour dates on your website too. That's pretty updated. People can find my tour dates on the website. I just worked on that the other day. So okay. <laughs> it is updated, but there are, I'm about to add uh, September dates, like for the nth power. Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a lot of dates uh, for the nth power coming up uh, a lot. So We'll probably have those dates up there like next week sometime. I love it. If, I love it. If anyone is, you know, itching to give money away, 
um, <laughs> to a good cause. Yes. Uh, the, the foundation that I work with is called the Harold Robinson Foundation. And basically they take children um, out of the inner city, out of the hood, out of the ghetto, whatever you want to call it, out of like unfortunate situations and take them to camp. Mm -hmm. and do like team building exercises and you know they kind of it's really brilliant i mean the first time i went to the camp i cried uh the the we actually wrote a song about it uh the nth power did and what they do is incredible they're just they're giving these kids hope mm. because a lot of these kids have like you know, they're surrounded by violence, sexual assault, drug abuse, like just in their home, mm -hmm. around in the neighborhood, just like walking to school, they could get beat up or yeah. whatever, you know, and they just deal with a lot. And this camp just kind of gives them hope like, hey, you know, there is something outside of these five, this five block radius, you know? So they, they basically like take a busload of kids to, to camp, to nature and um, in Lake Hughes. And it's, it's gorgeous. Like just to see a kid, like see the mountains for the first time, mm -hmm. they're just like, oh my God. Cause it's, it's majestic, you know? Yeah. It's Absolutely. like being in nature and, and seeing nature is like seeing God. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's such a great thing to like give that opportunity, uh, to the kids, but just that by itself. But then once they get to the camp, you know, they have food, we give them mm -hmm. food, feed them. And then we play games with them, but also kind of do a little bit of therapy because like they'll do some writing classes you know, and they just kind of say how they're feeling. And a lot of times they don't have that opportunity. Like right. they can't say, I'm depressed, you know? Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's it's really like life-changing and it's a, it's a really beautiful thing. And, you know, every cent that gets donated to the organization goes to these kids to like trying to, help them see that you know there's another way of of life yes you know, and that there there is hope and that there's opportunity out there but not only that but there's people that care about them Absolutely. you know that see their situation and see them mm -hmm. and know that like they're in a lot of pain but it's like you know you don't have to like know someone to love them you know you don't have to know someone to respect them you know, which I think is something that's messed up, especially in like American culture. Mm -hmm. You know, we always say like, you have to earn my respect. Right. It's like, no, like, I don't know you. Like, I, you know, I don't know who you are, where you come from, what you know, what you don't know. Mm -hmm. Like, I should just respect you because you're a human being. Right. You know? Yeah. So, um, if you, like I said, give some money. Uh, to the organization is Harold Robinson, Robinson, Harold Robinson Foundation dot org dot org. Okay. 
Okay. So, we'll put a link in the description as well. Yeah. Anyone could go there and check it out and like see what they're doing. It's definitely been challenging because of COVID, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but they were able to take, to deliver like 700 pounds of produce, like wow. in the neighborhood. I mean, like really amazing things, you know, like giving out food, also like teaching kids how to garden, like how to grow food. Mm-hmm. You know? um, so they're, they're still doing it. They're still like trying to figure out and trying to make it work, which is incredible. That is incredible. Thank you so much for mentioning that too. And we, we will link it in the description in case anyone wants to um, to donate. Um, but thank you for doing that too. And, and everything that you do for for the future and everything that you stand for, you're just, uh, you're absolutely wonderful, Nikki. And I'm so happy that you came on today. Yeah, and- I'm happy that. We got to talk for a minute. Absolutely. Me too. Yeah. And I cannot wait to see you in person soon. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be up that way soon. Absolutely. In the meantime, everyone check out Nikki's site. Um, check out any of the many projects that she has going on right now. <laughs> yeah, I try, I try to get them up there, you know, to get all of the bands up there. Mm-hmm. It's really hard sometimes, you know, but I have like a couple of pages of uh, bands that I, the primary bands that I play with. But, you know, it's like you never know. Yes, it's you a know. lot. Yeah. And things pop up all the time. So um, people can follow you on Instagram, too, because I know you update that. Yeah. Instagram is a pretty good spot for me. That's kind of like where I'm like, hey, I'll be here tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. The, for the for the uh, for the last minute gigs, check out Instagram. Yeah, for the last minute gigs, totally. Awesome. Thank you again, Nikki, and yeah. I will see you soon. Definitely. Okay. Take care. Bye. Thank you for tuning in today. Join us each Tuesday for new episodes of Sarah Hagen Backstage.